Hey Warriors, welcome back to another Warrior Within. I hope you guys have been doing great. Hope you enjoyed the last episode. Um, I'm kind of getting more excited as time goes. I'm still waiting on the exempt to come through. Otherwise, it's just been praying about what to do next. What's the next stage? You know, looking forward to being able to see if we can get a house or not. I mean, all that's just coming into mind. And I'm just trusting in God, being patient, very patient about this because... It is hard to wait, especially when you know that God has a plan and you, you, you see that planning form. I can see why him telling us all the time about everything that's going to happen and when it's going to happen could be probably more stressful because you still would have to wait. Anyway, today I want to talk about the concept of power. So many times when you watch movies, you read books, you watch TV shows, you, you see it in real life. I mean, growing up, you, when you're around other men, or I should say boys, a lot of times the idea of pride and power come into effect in how we think and how we react. When I was a, a youth pastor in Hartford, the concept of pride or honor, I guess you could say, what they would use, or don't disrespect me, was a huge factor in how they reacted. So in most cases, if they're, if they were disrespected, the response was to get even, revenge, do worse than what they did to let them know who is boss. And that made me really realize that, you know, it's kind of funny, but we take that childish thinking, thought, process, ideology, whatever you want to call it, and we do bring it into adulthood, especially if we're not careful. Especially if we live in the culture that kind of still continues that mindset of disrespect. And then sometimes we even do that towards our wives. And I know this is going to hit a couple guys out there in the chest a little bit. But how do you treat your wife when she disrespects you? I mean, I don't think majority of you that are listening to this are beating up your wife when she does that. But there is men that do that. You see, that's a childish response to dealing with someone who may have disrespected you. That's not the name gist. So I was thinking about when you have power, okay, because that's what ultimately what men want is that capability of control and power. It comes from the concept of pride. And one of the first times you could ever read about that concept of pride getting in the way is actually between a man and a woman. See, if you go to the Old Testament, really far in the Old Testament, you're going to come to the story of Adam and Eve. If you recall, Adam was created, and he was given the responsibility, but God saw that he was lonely, so he created a woman. Now you fast forward to chapter 3, which is basically about the fall of man and just in the beginning. This is what it states. So we're going to go from verse 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You, sh you shall not eat of the tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, 
We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the tree of the tree, excuse me, of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, so in the middle of the garden. Neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Literally, God told them, don't even, don't even wonder if it exists. Don't even touch it. Don't look at it. Don't, don't even get involved with it. But the serpent said to the woman, and I'll mind you, this was the only law slash rule that God had created so far. One. How many do we have now? Something to think about. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that what that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Now, right there, right there is the first time, first time the idea between man and God, where man was thought of to think about whether they could be like God. Now, mind you, Satan already did this. Satan already made that choice where he thought he can overthrow God and become God himself. But this is the first time between a man and, and God. So, first time we're flesh and spirit battle. Knowing good and evil. So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for, was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes, temptation... And what sin does to you. Temptation looks good. And then it makes you feel delighted. And that the tree was to be desired. Which is the third part of temptation. So it looks good. So the woman looks amazing. And then you start thinking about how delightful it would be with, to be with her. And then three, you start desiring her. And four, she took of its fruit and ate. And the fourth thing that we do is when we allow temptation to get in the way, we act on it. And she also gave some of her to her husband who was with her. Now, that's something you got to think about, okay? And he ate. Then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. You see, right there is the image of pride and wanting power. Satan promised her that she would be just like God. Knowing and evil. Now, mind you, there was no evil in the world. God created this world as perfect, nothing wrong with it. So why in the world would they want to know what good and evil was? How did they feel? So the thing is, like, we don't know what Adam and Eve felt, but we can speculate based on how we would feel. When, 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 you, when you were growing up, when mom and dad told you you couldn't do something, did you just say, okay, I won't do it? Or were you curious about why you couldn't do it? You see, that's the thing. 
you have people who are put in authority, your mom and dad, and when they tell you something is wrong to do, you should take that as enough. Now, personally, I like to make sure I give a better understanding than just saying, I said so. But in this case, when they didn't even know good from evil, and God just gave them one thing to do, one command, one rule, they had everything. I mean, guys, you got to understand, they had everything. No illness, no sickness, no hunger, no famine, no struggle, no pain. They had everything, all the food they can eat. They had everything. And how many times do we chase after everything and still we're not satisfied? They had everything, one rule, no death. And they disobeyed it because they wanted power. They wanted to be like God. They allowed that pride to enter in their hearts. And they took it. They disobeyed. Just something to really think about. And a lot of times, we go back to the story and we point out how Eve failed. The truth is, it says that Adam, her husband, was with her. So that means Adam was listening to this too. And it doesn't seem like it's the first time. Because if Adam was really cautious or caring or protecting his wife, he would have stopped her, right? I mean, it sounds like it would be logical. But maybe it's something how Satan have made, maybe said it a few times. Because I, I don't think it was just once that he came by and just suddenly just said that and they thought about it. I think I think he watched, observed, he saw the curiosity, and I'm sure he probably whispered. Because the thing is, one of the things about sinning is it's like a slow fade. If you've not heard that song by Casting Crowns, you should. Slow fade. We don't instantaneously just start doing sin. We get tempted. Now, I can tell you this, it's easier for someone who's not saved because they're enslaved to it, because we talked about that. But in reality, pride gets in the way. We want more power. And we start chasing after that power because we don't want to feel weak. Now, how many of us guys, men, I should say, feel don't like feeling weak? you lost your job or your girlfriend left you or your wife left you your kids left you that's a moment of weakness how many times have we felt when the boss disrespects us we quit no, no man should disrespect me I'm so and so they should respect me so I'm going to quit this job or I'm going to treat that boss like crap. I don't care because I'm a man. How many times have we thought that in our heads or even acted on it? How foolish does that sound? A man should not be walking around with his honor on his heart where he's dis worried about being disrespected because guess what this world is going to disrespect you 
It doesn't really matter. Even if you're a woman, this world's going to disrespect you. If you're going to walk around expecting every man to respect you, women. That ain't real reality. Men, if you're walking around thinking everybody needs to respect you, that is not reality. So why do we hold on to this desire of pride so badly? Why did Adam not stop his wife? <laughs> I honestly think it's because he wanted... He wanted the power. He wanted to feel that power. And what man today doesn't wish they can have power? I mean, we dream about being superheroes. We dream about being military warriors. We like we go back, well, what kind of games do we like to play? We like to play games that allow us to have that capability. I'm a gamer. I, I'm looking forward to playing Chivalry 2 because it's epic. It's like running around being a knight and fighting major battles. Why is that in us? Is it really sin? Is that, is that pride? No, I think, I think it's engraved into men to be warriors. Problem is, sin and temptation corrupts that concept of what a warrior is supposed to be. I mean, we can use different styles from chivalry of the knights to the honor of the samurai. We can. There are so many examples that we could use, but the truth is, how many of you guys go and study the Bible? We're willing to learn about how the samurai lived. We're willing to learn about how knights were like. But we hardly spend any time in our Bible. So instead of learning how to be men of honor, godly men, upright men, warriors, become like the world. We get we chase the world, we desire the world. And that's where we use that phrase, pride goes before the fall, but in reality, the verse is actually from Proverbs 16, 18. It says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. Being haughty is, is basically, and this is a simplistic way of what they have for a definition, arrogantly superior and disdainful. In other words, you put others down because you're better. And how many times do we see that in sports? Why do you think we like sports? Sports is like an, a war between two, like two groups, the battle. And instead of killing each other, well, I mean, we tackle each other in football. We pounce each other in rugby and in hockey. We can slam each other basketball. We can play a little rough, but in reality, it's not about actually killing your opponent, but beating your opponent. Which is actually a very good concept, especially if you have kids or a, guy, a young man who's struggling with anger issues, you need to teach them it's not about killing the opponent, beating the opponent with your brains, with your mind, with precision. That was something I had to teach the guys at Hartford. You know, I made like foam lightsabers with PCP pipe. And first day it was all about swinging as hard as I could possibly can to hit that person and then in reality that's not how it works I mean in a real battle yeah you might be swinging as hard as you could but I, if you miss it puts you in a position of being hit 
And that's what Satan wants you to be at. He wants you to be in that full power extension so that he can send his minions to attack you. And yeah, we're going right back to the armor of God. You have a shield, but hey, if you're swinging super hard, you ain't going to be able to block with that shield at all. And in fact, what's going to happen is you're going to be off-footed, so you you're, you're won't be standing firm, you won't be planted, and that's when the enemy can knock you down the worst. So it's better to understand that when you are in a fight, whether it is a spiritual fight or a real one, it's all about precision. Making a useful move that doesn't put you in a disadvantage from your opponent which is why people love watching boxing kickboxing it's all about putting yourself in a position that you're able to counter what's happening to you chess strategy game of countering those are thinking ahead and understanding that whatever move you make what are the consequences for your actions which is very interesting so pride brings destruction. A haughty heart brings a fall. So if you're not thinking of your consequences, you're not thinking about what your power gives you, but what it also makes you lose, the consequences that come from the future of it. I mean, a lot of these young men, are, you know, they talk about beating the snot out of somebody to show them who's boss, but I said, why don't they come bring a gun and shoot you? How did that solve anything? Well, I'll have a gun too and I'll shoot back. I'm like, how does that solve anything? You see, the answer is always a violent and very deadly response. Never, never stays the same. It's not competition. It's hate. A lot of times when we're protecting our pride, it's through hate. Not through working things out. And I can tell you this, working things out does not mean letting the other person beat the snot out of you. And working things out does not mean that talking is going to always work. You may have to defend yourself, but defend yourself righteously, above board, uprightly, oddly. Men who follow God and not men who follow pride. you guys to really think about this before we go to our break how, how strong is your pride in your life is it are you that desperate to protect that over doing what God wants you to be doing as a man think about that I'll see you guys in a moment Warriors, welcome back. And yes, we've been talking about pride power and just what we men, we fight and battle over. It's a struggle sometimes, I think, that we are so worried about our our pride that we don't stand up for truth anymore. We'd rather protect our disrespect than to do things righteously, treat people correctly. You know, it's very interesting to me because arrogance is really huge in manhood. 
you know, when we when we find the girl that we want to attract, we suddenly turn on the arrogance and start trying to act like we own the world and that she needs me instead of recognizing that yeah, women want confidence, but not arrogance. Women want someone who leads, but not controls or becomes this like dictator. And I think we kind of cross that line many times where we become quote unquote too powerful for our own selves that our arrogance starts seeping out. And it's interesting because in the New Testament, you know, it is talked about making sure that when you're a new Christian, you don't allow your arrogance to control and dictate how you treat other people because you will treat people badly in some cases because you got the right answers. And so you think it's your responsibility to let them know. Because like in James 4.16, it says, But as it is, you boast in your arrogance, as such boasting is evil. First Corinthians 4.18, Now some have become arrogant as though I were not coming to you. Like the idea is that we hide behind our arrogance because it makes us feel powerful. In Romans 12, 14 through 17, bless those who persecute, bless and do not curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable inside of all. So the idea of revenge is not encouraged. The idea of making yourself feel more spiritually correct or powerful than someone else is not encouraged. This is live in harmony with one another. That's a balance there. It does not mean we go and become Zhao, Tao, or Buddhists and we have to do it. No, that's not what it's talking about. I'm not talking about that type of harmony. It's talking about making sure that you're not creating division, that you're not creating a struggle or someone who may be a newer Christian and you're a newer Christian or like you're an older Christian. But it also means even the newer Christian doesn't treat someone who's not a Christian less than you. And you've got to go back to the scriptures. you got to go back to studying. you got to go back to obeying God's word. Because the idea is that you're going to be persecuted. People are not going to like you. People are going to curse you. People are going to hate you. The world's not going to want to be you. But the Holy Spirit touches them changes them and they're transformed and that is our job that's when we step in we go and we disciple which we have talked about several times in this podcast discipling is key to building good godly men and women just like i talked about in titus i think i made mention i don't know i want to make sure i said it to you guys i didn't say it to people that i knew around me but titus three there real quick but titus 3 where he talks about he paul tells titus hey man i need you to start teaching you know, the men, older men in your church to teach the younger men oh and teach the and the older women to teach the younger women and they're going to be like oh okay so yeah it's in two i believe yeah so but as you as for you teach what accords with sound doctrine so that's the key thing sound doctrine means you know the bible truth and back in that time, they didn't have the actual scriptures to follow other than the Old Testament. Remember that. 
they didn't have the New Testament, they had the Old Testament. That means that the teachings that we should be teaching also should be in the Old Testament as well, not just the New Testament. Because older men are to be sober-minded, that means they should not be whacked out, drugs, alcohol, whatever, or weird, technically even weird philosophies and ideologies that are not biblical. They need to be dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be revenant in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They need to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled, show yourself in all respects. So the idea is we should be teaching, everybody should be teaching younger, and the older should definitely be still involved because that's the main thing I've been seeing a lot of is that a lot of times the older crowd doesn't get involved with the younger crowd because all oh, well, they don't think like, oh, that's okay. You, you teach your wisdom best you can and then the younger people should do the same. You should be willing to listen, to grow, but also be willing to teach too. Like mentoring and discipleship isn't just a one-way street. Both ways. Because we're supposed to show ourselves a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech. Not be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us. Like we are supposed to be so upright, righteous in our actions, not self-righteousness. Supposed to be godly men and women to be leaders in the faith so that they can't say anything because it would have to be a lie this is where I think it comes together with the understanding of pride and power creates consequences that will be true the things that they'll say about you would be true because it is pride that's steering your life, your, your the way you live and think. Because you're so obsessed about power, getting the best education, getting that doctorate so that you are respected. You get that job that pays a lot of money so you are respected. You get the woman you wanted because she's most beautiful woman in your eyes and better than any woman in the world so you're respected same with you women vice versa you focus so much on trying to gain that position of pride and power that there's going to be a negative result to that because you're not walking upright you're chasing after your heart your desires your wants that's why when you hear, oh, just follow your heart, it'll tell you, no, it will not take you where you're supposed to go. It'll take you where you want to go, but not where God wants you to go. You ask God what you should do. You should ask God what is the right thing, how you should react, and how you should treat people, because he will teach you how to do it, because he's your author. He's the, he's the Lord God Almighty. He's the one that designed you, created you. He knows what's best. That's why he sent us the Holy Spirit so we wouldn't be alone. Will you not step up and stop chasing after pride and power? 
Don't be like Adam and Eve. Don't be like King Saul when he chased after basically his kingship and his power. And when God wouldn't talk to him, he took control. He tried to do his own thing. And then he got basically slammed for it. Because guess what? He lost everything. His whole, the kingdom was taken with him. And God chose another one to be king. See, when we chase after pride and power, it's all you get. And a lot of times it's temporary. A lot of times it's, it may just be on this earth that you get it. It will not get you really anywhere. Because when it fails, you fall. And when you fall, it destroys you. Because you put so much faith in your pride and power, money, prestige, honor, respect. And that's all gone. What do you have? That's why it's so important to be walking in the faith. To follow the truth. To live a life that's honorable based on scripture. To live a life with high integrity. To be a man or woman who is godly in the truth. Who stands forth in, in, in the faith because they have been studying the scriptures so much so that they have an understanding of it. And then they're willing to teach others. They're willing to disciple others. They're willing to be a mentor for someone else. Even if you don't feel like you're, you're able to. Just spending time with somebody in prayer is more powerful than nothing. We underestimate the power of prayer so much when we're dealing with our spiritual warfares, when we're dealing with our, our growth. We don't treat prayer with the respect that it should have because we don't see that it's doing anything. Why? Because we don't have understanding of prayer. Have you ever done a study on prayer? Have you ever spent time asking someone about their prayer life have you ever asked a pastor you know can i pray with you can you pray for me like maybe once a month and and i could just have that time to learn because you can learn from listening to your pastor sometimes i mean if you don't understand it you know they could teach i mean sometimes even us as pastors when we teach we you know for us to actually teach sometimes we need to go and study and learn too but that's something you could do as well so that when you and i meet know we could talk about what prayer is what your experience has been when i can share what mine has you see pride doesn't want to deal with all that pride wants to keep you holstered to the idea that anybody who mistreats you or disrespects you needs to be taught a lesson that's not god that's the enemy that's the world's view of how they deal with things oh well you disagree with me I will make your life miserable. Oh, you think you're better than I am? Well, I'm going to disprove you. And I'm going to make sure I smash your integrity. I smash your character while I'm doing it. That's that's not that's not the way the Lord wants us to be. That's power and pride. Make sure that you are walking upright. You're not creating purposely division purpose division there we go to destroy other people because you don't want to be hurt 
And a lot of times, a lot of this stuff connects to jealousy, but we're not going to get too much into that. But jealousy is another reason why chasing after pride and power can get in the way, because you'll do anything to gain that power and pride. You'll do anything. That, that even means destroying someone else's life so that you can get what you want. Do this all the time, like I said, in TV shows and movies. That's how the hero becomes a hero because something devastating happens and they get everything taken away from them. And so it's now their turn to go take it away from the enemy. As cool as the fight scenes may be in those movies, that's not an appropriate way of response. Living in harmony with other people doesn't mean go destroy them. So one thing we also kind of forget is that other people are God's creation. And when you treat them less than yourself, treating God's creation less than you, which is a direct attack on God's character, God's creation, God's image, doesn't mean that we take it. doesn't mean we just sit there and don't say anything. Because it is our responsibility as Christians to share the truth, tell people about sin, tell people about Jesus. And it also means not to take what people are doing as okay or ignoring it or, oh, well, no, God's going to deal with it. Yeah, he does, but there is times where we can speak up and say something. Those Christians out there who say we shouldn't be in politics are foolish because we have a chance to impact this culture with a truth by bringing in truth well we're not supposed to be you know talking to people that aren't saved because you know we'll start being like them no 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 he he said don't hang out with them they never said we couldn't talk to them in fact remember he ate the tax collectors and the sinners that doesn't mean he just waved at them when he walked by or ignored them no he went and sat with them he ate with them hanging means that you're trying to build a relationship with them or trying to build up an opportunity where you will be influenced because i've seen it where someone went into a relationship thinking that hey you know maybe over time you know they'll change but instead they changed they were doing all the things that they said they would never do, but they ended up being being the ones doing it because they were around the people that did it. Something to think about. I hope I hope this podcast was helpful and encouraging. I mean, it's just, you know, pride and power. There's a lot of stories we can go through. And I may do another story with someone else. But the idea is that we need to make sure that we're not living by the pride of our hearts and the power that we desire, but that we are focusing on God. That we are chasing after God, that we're spending time in his word, studying to have a better understanding of who he is and who we are supposed to be. It's not, it's not rocket science. Spending time in prayer, spending time talking with other believers and encouragement. It's a big deal. This is why church is important. A good church, being involved with other believers in service and and, and a church family that keeps you accountable, keeps you on the right track, helps you walk the walk. 
want you guys to think about it. You know, if you guys aren't going to church because you think you can get everything just by going out in the forest or reading on your own or listening online. Now, you need fellowship just as much as you need to hear God's word. Because other believers can teach you stuff. Pastor can teach you stuff. And being in corporate fellowship and worship is more powerful than what the world keeps telling you that it's not. Or I should say the Christian culture world tells you that, oh, you can do anywhere you want. No. Fellowship togetherness is, is the way it's supposed to be. Doesn't mean that you can always start like that. Like in my case, it's going to be online. Why? Because we don't have a congregation. So, you know, it's going to be building up a online community slowly. And then as we reach out to people locally, then maybe we'll start getting more people where we can actually meet together. But all together, guys, put down that pride. Stop walking around with your respect on your shoulders, worrying about who's going to disrespect you. Honor God. That is the number one thing you should be honoring God. It'll be the number one thing you're following. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you for this day. I ask you bless it. Bless the hearers. Open up the ears, their minds, and their hearts, Lord. Let them hear what they heard today and let it penetrate their hearts. Let the Holy Spirit grasp them and get a hold of them and to point out those times where their pride and power is just overwhelmingly showing itself. That they can get that removed and walked in uprightness and following the truth and doing what is right. That they may be men of that are godly, righteous, upright, warriors that love you first and follow your word holy. That's the W-H-O-L version. I pray, Lord, that you move these men and women that are listening to look back on their life and their decisions and the things they've been doing lately. And if it is not of uprightness, but of pride, Help them to get on track. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. And I pray that you continue to bless this podcast for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a blessed day and God bless. Mm-hmm.